The I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast with John Taylor and Shan Carr. Well, hello, my podcast pals. How's everybody? Hello out there. Good morning. Everybody is uh, hunkered down and and they've all been demasked. You will see in the upper (laughs) left-hand corner, fabulous comedian Shan Carr. (laughs) I see I'm missing glasses. I'll wear glasses next time I come. All right. We're Let all- me see it. How do I get you guys in that Brady Bunch view? There we are. There you go. Right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, to my immediate uh, right, you will see Brad Fur, our gay desert guide. In our lower left-hand square, we've got uh, Jimmy Bogle, who is the editor, publisher, in chief of uh, the Coachella Valley Independent, and of course. Uh, first off, we we always uh, start the podcast now in coronavirus lockdown with. Dr. Laura Rush. Yay. Yay. Good morning. It's nice to see you. I was watching you last night, and it, and Shan, you hit it on the, the nose last week. It's like, we just like to hear it from our own people. Yeah, yeah it has been, it's made such a big difference to people. Uh, Laura's been going live a couple times a week with, on Facebook with live questions and answers, correct? Yes, I have. And it, it's been great. I think I've done five at this point, but I, I, I've lost count, but about five. And I, I'm trying to do it at least twice a week, can, um, time permitting. You can read the relief in the words that women are typing as they're, and, and some men have been typing as they're watching along. You have to know what a big deal it is for people oh, to hear thanks. you. Yeah, I, there's, there's so much information out there and, it, and it's hard to know what applies to us locally. Yep. What applies to me as an individual, I'm trying to do my focus mostly on in the Palm Springs, Coachella Valley area because that's where my patients are and my friends here are. Um, but I got family and friends back home that are like, hey, hey, can you give us some stuff back there too? I'm like, I'm, I'm not in New York and I'm not in Connecticut. And it's, uh, I, I, it would be doing a disservice to say that I'm really tracking it as closely as I am here. I am worried, um, very worried about New York. But here, I, I think, you know, this, I'm trying to focus on us here. So I actually have a question for you. Um, duh, that's kind of what we're here for. Uh, but you and um, some of the other people I've talked to with local hospitals have said, you know, things aren't great, but things are okay. Yesterday, the county's numbers were pretty dire, including a statistic that said they anticipate in the county overall running out of ICU beds. I believe now it's within five days. So kind of tell us where the Coachella Valley and our 18% of Riverside County's population fits into that. We're um, still doing okay. From what I can see, looking at the data from the Riverside County Department of Public Health, is that we're all right. It's not as urgent out here as as we're seeing in in Riverside proper and the other towns and cities that are part of Riverside County. Uh, Out here in Coachella, I think we're doing okay. You can kind of see, I've I've been tracking the data that's been given to everybody from the Department of Public Health. So I, I posted that, um, I think you've linked to it too, as well, Jimmy, on uh, yeah. on the CV Independent as well. And they changed, they were changing that data twice a day, now they're changing it once a day. So what I'm doing is I'm just taking it and plotting it so we could see where we are relative to where the rest of Riverside County is. There, um, there's still, it, it looks dire, there's still about four or five days doubling time. That hasn't changed too much. Out here in Palm Springs, we're still about eight days. Coachella's about five, five to six days in terms of doubling time. I think- And and by doubling, just to clarify, you mean going from 500 cases, say, for example, to 1,000 cases. Exactly, yes. The number of cases that are are COVID positive out here. 
So I'm not I'm not tracking deaths um, or recoveries. That information is on the website. I've just been tracking for myself. I want to know how many cases are out there, and uh, just just I want to see how how it's impacting us that way. And Riverside did just get to a thousand on Tuesday or something, right? They're at about twelve hundred now, give or take. Yeah. That number will be out again in a couple of hours. So they got another yesterday. They got about another hundred and fifty added on over you know, overnight so to speak now remember these numbers are going to go up as we're testing more so the more people that are coming out for testing um the more we're going to see positive versus negative numbers so people are coming in for testing and i think that's an important distinction it isn't necessarily i mean it's a bad thing but it, it isn't it in some ways it's almost a good thing when some of these numbers are going up because it illustrates what's actually happening not exactly. necessarily the spread it's just because people are getting more testing not that it isn't spreading as well well, exactly. Didn't you, didn't you think it was interesting last week when Daniel said after two weeks of waiting for their results, when they found out they were negative, it was a letdown for them. And I was about to be all mad when they said that, but they thought if we had it, we're through it and we're yep. immune. Right. And, right. So it took me a minute to kind of get on board with that. Do you know, are there any people that you're interacting with, Laura, that are that have come through? I've got um, a couple of patients that are on the downside of it now. And they had mild to moderate symptoms, but they're doing okay now. And they're fine. They're coming out of quarantine now. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're not testing people for antibodies right now. Because um, there isn't a test still, or why? You know, they're working on it. It's not something that's, like, that's available that we can all go and give blood and look for our plasma antibodies and see what's happening. It's not something that's going to happen anytime soon. That would be the most helpful thing. If we right. could say, hey, everyone come in and get a test, and we know if... You know, if you're positive for antibodies, you can go back out into the workforce and, and, and be useful. Uh, and if you're negative, then, you know, you still have to, you're not protected. So the issue is, yeah, these people that have been tested coming back negative, it is a letdown because they know they're not protected against this virus. Right. From what we know about how we have immunity to viruses. Um, so they feel like, you know, they're still at risk. They're still in danger a, of getting it and then passing it. Are there Are any people, cases of somebody getting it? coming through and then getting it again. Is there any case like that anywhere? Nothing to, that I've seen, but I just put a link on my Facebook page that uh, in Korea, they are reporting patients that were initially um, positive, then had a negative test that are showing up positive again. And they're looking into that because they're not sure, is that the test itself right. that is, is wonky or is something else going on where the immunity is not lasting? So they are studying that. Laura, I wanted to go to your Facebook post from this morning because I haven't had a chance. It's pretty long and detailed, and, and a lot of it really goes about, um, you know, where, what, how long is this going to last? So do you want to give us kind of a synopsis? Because I know you don't share that. Well, this one you did share with the world, I see. But typically, some of these you just do to, to a smaller group of people. Let's, let's kind of do the Reader's Digest version of that, please. In, in terms of what's happening, um, there's there's some in terms great of the, and how long it's going to last. You you talk a lot about that today. There's a, a it's a, unfortunately it's a moving target, as we start to see a flattening of that curve. So instead of having a big spike and then it's coming down again, yeah. as we flatten it, it extends the length of time that we are going to be dealing with this virus. So where they initially had said you know Southern California, Riverside, we would see a peak around, you know, the 15th. Now they've pushed it back again. Now we're looking towards the end of the month where we're going to see it finally peak. But it's, it may not be such a, speed, uh, a steep peak, but it, we're loving it. And then it's got to 
come down. So even when we hit our peak, remember, we still have to be on that downhill side of it where we're still going to have a lot of cases that are out there. I, I don't know what that means yet in terms of how long people are still going to have to be socially distancing and in isolation. Um, this is going to change how we interact, I think, going forward in general. When we see how the flu hits us, um, you know, I think taking these kind of precautionary measures, thousands and thousands of people die from the flu every year. And I think if we take some of these measures, you know, like we see how long this is going to last, using precautions, wearing masks, wearing gloves, limiting the amount of time that we go out in public and use that during flu season, we may be able to reduce the incidences of flu. This particular hmm. case is going to, you know, I, I think we're looking at well into May and June. Sure. So, yeah, ouch, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's, not, be... it's not a surprise anymore. Like, no, we've all been sort of just calmly telling ourselves that over and over again so that when politicians yeah. tell us that, we don't have a panic attack. Oh, yeah, we have There's... a panic attack. There's a lot. There's a lot of anxiety out there. There's a people are having a very hard time, emotionally and mentally, uh, dealing with with the isolation. It's been it's been a real thing. So it's people are people are struggling. I'm I'm getting phone calls. I'm talking to friends and family. People are truly struggling with this, not just from the financial aspect, but you know, like I said, I think last time we're social animals. We're social beings. Yeah. This is hard. Alone, well, but go. broken, alone, and afraid. You won't even be able to keep your house. I mean, all yes. of those things, yeah. right? Yeah, you know, I was out, we have a dog walking group in our neighborhood this morning, and I went out, and there's about five or six of us, and most everybody was not wearing masks. And I just had this visceral reaction, and I said, look, I'm not going to walk with you if you're not going to protect yourselves. I said, you know, your stickler's about, you know, if somebody's lawn is not mowed in our neighborhood, why are you not a stickler about wearing a mask? I just don't understand it. It's just, you know, and they're, well, one of them was, their mask was being adjusted. Somebody else had it in their pocket. You know, but it's just like, there's really no excuse for it when you're gathered in a group. Right. I, I just don't understand people's logic on that. People do get bent out of shape about interesting things. So somebody had sent me a video last night about a doctor who had attacked some young women on a beach because they weren't practicing social distancing and he, like, was physically choking her. <laughs> and... Yeah, so, I mean, he's been. A, this is a physician. I'm trying to save your life. I didn't and, know that. But he far. wasn't wearing a mask either, and they were all sitting on a beach. And he started, and he was yelling at some young women that, you know, of course, you know, and pe everyone has their cell phones out. And it's. I think it's that people are starting to lose their minds a little bit about this kind of stuff. Mm. I so was even a little surprised at, at my reaction because I've been a little laissez-faire. And then all of a sudden, I just, you know, I just, I don't know. It just it hits you. It does hit you. It comes in. It's frustrating. Go ahead. Yeah, because we're all trying to do our best. And, you know, the, the, you know, you've got the county sheriff saying, I'm not going to enforce this. I'm not going to fine anybody. And then in Palm Springs, they're saying $5,000 for the first right. violation. It's, it's really a dichotomy. So, we, again, we even get mixed messages at the county and local level. You know what, though? You have to make that decision the same way that Newsom did, the same way that everybody did. You have to make that decision ahead of, instead of once you're sick or your neighbor's sick or your mom's sick or whatever, you just, I mean, even in a controlled, I've been to the store now once after dog food and once after fatty girl food in three weeks' time, and the, I thought it was going to go to two stores. 
And after the first store, I could barely, can. I went home. I couldn't. There are people not paying attention. I know I've gone to the grocery store a couple of times to get a few things and, you know, masked and gloved. And there are people walking around, no mask, no gloves, you know, picking up things, putting things down. And I'm like, this is insane. I was worried about insane. the grocery store clerk touching, like at the one store, there is no self-check. So that clerk with no mask and no yeah. gloves touched everything I bought. Yes, absolutely. And everything everybody else has bought all day long. So I'm glad there is an order. Even I don't feel like I was crazy wishing that the guy touching all my stuff had gloves and a mask on. I don't think it's crazy, but it's hard to swallow. Nevertheless, self-checkout is probably the best way to do it. I mean, you know, that's and what well, you're handling. And I know when I've gone into a convenience store very quick to get, you know, a can of Diet Coke, you know, in between seeing patients and they want to grab it from me and i'm like i'll hold it you scan it you don't actually have to touch my stuff stop touching yeah. it and I, i've seen them in there the people had me and they're spinning cans and touching candy bars around i'm like do you could you not touch everything but these are all habits that we all have yeah. to unlearn yeah. Yeah. a lifetime you know? do, you, do you actually wipe everything down um when you bring before you put it away in your i do yeah I, do. I did this last time. I did. And I have somebody gave me a roll of those disinfectant wipes. So seriously, I had a disinfectant wipe in each hand. And every yeah. time I grabbed something off the counter, I was grabbing it with a hand that had a disinfectant wipe on it. And I, I yeah, I get a little OCD about this kind of stuff. I, you know, I put my glasses down at my desk at work, I'm wiping them off. I'm wiping off my cell phone constantly. But I have these habits anyway, because I'm in a very germy environment. So I'm a little OCD anyway about keeping things clean. Um, but you know, then it carries on to, to home. So like I said, you know, even though we talk going back the number of cases and, and how long this virus is gonna last, I think we're all gonna be a little twitchy for a lot longer about everything. I think we're all gonna become a little bit of a germaphobe going forward, yeah. you know? And, and so it's gonna affect us, even though if the virus is out of here, psychologically, we're all gonna be a little different. For a long time, for a long Dr. time. Dr. Laura, can you talk about gloves for a minute? Because I've heard mixed things on the effectiveness of gloves, and that was really illustrated with me. Um, I actually went to Aldi, my favorite grocery store, uh, this yeah. weekend, and the people thought I was crazy. Um, I had, you know, all my bags in the car. I actually, after shopping, I put everything back in my cart. I actually went out to my car where all of my personal shopping bags were, and they've been in there for weeks, haven't been touched, so they're pretty safe. And I literally, with a Clorox wipe, wiped down every single thing before I put it in those bags. And people were going by me, looking like I was a lunatic in the parking lot. But anyway, gloves. Um, I saw a couple of people um, shopping with them. I wasn't personally wearing them, but I saw them, you know, scratch their face and then go start touching stuff <laughs> with gloves on. And I'm like, this is the uh so if you're should we be wearing gloves if we do wear gloves what should we do and what should we not do you know talk about gloves. they're really just yeah they're just protecting your hands from touching something that you may then inoculate yourself with later on so you know if you're touching things in grocery stores you know with your gloves and it's also preventing you from spreading whatever you're carrying on to whatever's in the store that you're touching um but if you're touching your face and touching the you know the bagels you know, or, or handling meat, it, it just defeats the purpose. It's just a different, you know, different way of transmitting the bacteria. Now, not the, the bagels. No, not the bagels. <laughs> I'm more worried about the meat. 
So yeah, so it's it really is to you know protect you from getting anything in onto your hands, um, or and you bringing it someplace else. We kind of use gloves, when we're, especially when we're dealing with wet. So uh, you know infections on patients and blood and coming into contact with things like that. So sneezing, coughing. Um, right now, when I'm seeing patients, where I am wearing PPE, I got gowns, I have gloves, I have masks, and I have goggles over my glasses. And it, it, it almost seems like overkill, but, you know, we don't want this thing on, on us. And everything gets stripped off and thrown out into a hazard waste container. Um, so that's why we go through so much PPE, because every time we see a patient, we got to get rid of all this stuff. Out in the real world, you know, I'll wear my gloves if I'm going to the grocery store, because, again, people touch everything. And I have no idea where their hands were. But I've always been kind of, eh, about this kind of stuff anyway. Because people have their hands in weird places all the time. So like I said, now we're more conscious of it. It's going to change how we act going forward for a long time. You're going to think twice about touching the bagels if the guy before you was just in the restroom. <laughs> and Jimmy, uh, a, note on, a note on the gloves, they should match the handbag and the shoes. <laughs> if you can. You're such a fashionista, my darling. I know. Anything about... Um, the warm weather any uh, you know uh, maybe everybody's gonna want to move to palm springs because at least you know you have five miserable months of freedom outside of your house if you, the last you know, i heard was there's no impact on on the virus that the weather's not going to impact it. that's the latest study oh, that i saw they oh. don't think that's going to impact it at all so no yeah, we, stay the hell out of palm springs oh. you know we're very crowded here the food is terrible don't come <laughs> yeah, we linked to an article in our Daily Digest yesterday that said scientists aren't sure, but don't count on it. So Yeah, don't. Unfortunately. don't. If it's come from Trump's mouth, don't count don't on it. Believe it. Ah. <laughs> don't believe it. Is every place inclined to spike at some point? Is every little community who believes they're God-fearing enough to keep it off or <laughs> believes they're hot enough to keep it off, is everybody inclined to have a spike? Well, that's, I mean, that's just the nature of, you know, even if you have only five cases, it's, you start with one and then two, three, four, five, four, three, two, one. So if you call that a spike, then, you know, everyone's going to have a, a tiny little bubble of an incline and then it'll, it'll, it'll go away, hopefully for a while until we can get some medications on board and, and start treating this thing and then to get a vaccine, which is more important. So they're there. There's a couple of good studies that are being worked on right now. The latest people have been asking me was uh, that French study, and there's an article I'm going to post when I'm done with here, saying you know there, this was not a double blind double blind placebo study. Right. It was you know it was a very small n number, the number of people who were looked at in the study, and essentially they're they're debunking it, saying it's 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 crap, it's crap. Somebody died, someone didn't complete it, like it was there was no right, it's yeah. crap. So <laughs> it, the the whole thing that you know that Trump is sitting there promoting, I'm and I've been saying this for weeks. I'm like. You can't promote something with N equals 20, with just 20 people, 20 subjects in the study is ludicrous. Uh, but there are some other medications that are being out that they're looking into right now. Some, I think there's, uh, one, I guess, one in Washington with some antiviral, retroviral studies, and then there's others looking at other medications. So I know, I think I was going to post something earlier, I may have already about Pfizer looking into some medications too. So there's a few. The latest couple of things that have been crazy. Some woman yesterday was posting that thousands of people were dropping their dogs and cats at the animal shelter because now they can get it from a cat or a dog, which I'm sure thousands of people are not doing any such thing. 
Uh, Dozens of people probably shouldn't be pet owners to start with, but you know. Okay. You know, I think the I think the no. one of the things to look at too is you know the even Facebook is doing a pretty good job of of putting out there what the facts are. They and, are. You know, I, I don't re, I don't believe anything unless it's from you, Laura. I don't really believe uh-huh. anything that I see out there um, because it's just most of it. We just it's all secondhand, and you know everybody's like, well, I heard today that or on the news they said that. Who's they? What you know? So the I, I existential just, they, right? Yeah. So it, we just have to get out of that and just go to kind of fact based would be so nice. Everything you know that I would ever that I'm going to post are are articles from legitimate sources. Um, nothing that I even question. You know what? Who? What is this magazine? What is this newspaper? You know, I'm right. going to give you everything that's coming from the county, that's coming from the CDC, uh, that's coming from JAMA. Yeah. So all legitimate sources. I had probably no less than 10 people send me a link to uh, a doctor, and I mentioned him yesterday in my, in my own little Facebook podcast, who's saying, stop what you're doing right now and run out and buy zinc and, and then oh. quinine and yeah, zinc crazy. and take it. And I, people were sending this to me. I'm like, who is this asshole? Yeah. And I looked him up, and, I'm, and it's, you know, he's got his little doctor, and I'm like, he's a chiropractor. <laughs> so now I have nothing against chiropractic medicine. They like everything else. They they do amazing work. They have their place in medicine, but they do not prescribe medications. And to tell people drop everything and run out and buy this is a he's dispensing medical advice. Yeah. So you know he can lose any license he has for doing that. So he's establishing relationships with patients he does not know. Second of all, these medications, these the quinine and and zinc. <laughs> can interfere with your medications that you're already taking. So people are running out. My dad told me last night, he goes, I just came back from the grocery store and the guy ahead of me had like 10 bottles of tonic water in his cart. Because there's quinine. <sighs> How do you know he just you know? doesn't like gin and tonics? <laughs> <laughs> he might, but you know, you shouldn't be having that much to drink. <laughs> two birds, two birds, man. Right. Yeah, okay. so there's, you have to watch it. And people are like, oh, my God, this guy's great. Listen to this guy. And I'm like, no. do you know who he is? Did you look him up? And I'm like, he's not a medical doctor. You know, he's, he's it's fine. He, he provides a service and wellness. But I also looked into his Facebook, and there's a whole lot of getting involved with ultra-Christianity stuff as well, too, which so, is, to me is always a big red flag. Yeah. You said something inside of that conversation last night on your live feed. Check it. Fact check it before you post it. I have a friend who I care so much about who's sending me, you know, John Hopkins says, but there is no John Hopkins link attached to that. Right. The words John Hopkins at the top of text does not make it from John Hop John Hopkins. And I've seen sending, sending memes. The same thing. Please, it's like Yeah. Whoa. Please don't take medical advice from a meme. Please, and don't send it out as an alarm bell to everyone you love. We uh, want to I'm, open everything. I'm getting hundred, I feel like I'm getting way more emails than I was before. And half of them are alerts and closures. And I don't want to just not open them, right? Because it might be something I need to know. So all this <laughs> fake BS, every time I open it and it's something crazy, it makes me a little angry. And then wait, I have one other question about, is anybody anywhere working on contact tracing? Uh, yes, they are. Um, I don't have enough details on that, but they are looking into it to try and see. Like, I, I think I posted something last night, too, that oh. talked about 
the cases of the United States they're saying now came from the from Europe. Europe. Yeah. So not necessarily from China. So they're really looking into this right now. Yeah. They're also. Now, I don't have enough some... data on it yet. They're also looking into a possibility. Uh, I, I, you know, I keep promoting the CV Independent Daily Digest, but I spend a lot of time on it. Yeah. But uh, we actually linked to an article yesterday uh, from San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, Stanford yes. researchers are now looking into the possibility that COVID nineteen may may actually have arrived in California yeah. in the fall yeah. and caused some things, um, yeah. but didn't quite blow up yet. So I saw that too. Yep. No, it was a really good piece. I, I saw. I actually got the link from your uh, newsletter. So. It was. A, it's an excellent piece it talking about that. Yeah, we all well, saw it there. In all seriousness, everything in that newsletter comes from a reliable source. It doesn't mean you know, it's I was going to make that point. Jimmy, you are doing the Lord's work as well in terms of of really getting the right information out between you and 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 Dr. Rush. It's it's amazing, and this is that's why this it, we really believe this is like good fact based stuff. And yeah, we're gonna have a little fun after this, but but yeah. certainly when we start this every Thursday. We want to have the latest information, what's fact-based, um, and, you know, and a little commentary and, and maybe a little lightheartedness. So, uh, Shan, any lightheartedness to... to uh... Well, I just want to thank Dr. Rush for lending us a tiny grain of credibility, because boy, did we <laughs> You guys are awesome. And thank Jimmy's been awesome, too. I, I, I'm loving the newsletter. I look for it in yeah. my inbox every day. Thank you. Yeah. So that's one of my new obsessions. He quoted you too, right? He quoted he you. He did. Thank you. And you go to cvindependent.com to get that newsletter yes. and, and sign up for it. cvindependent.com, the Coachella Valley Independent. Dr. Laura Rush, thank you. Thank you. You've got to go and, and, and take care of everybody's health. Please it's be safe. Thank you. You guys be safe too. And hopefully, I have some really good positive news for you next week. Thank thank you. You. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. There goes Dr. Laura Rush. In there her, goes the thumb. Her, her four-wheel drive. <laughs> like, I can't Laura turn Rush it off. Ball. I can't stop it. <laughs> it's like a video game. game. Hey, we have somebody standing by in the green room. Ooh. Yeah. Let, let's welcome uh, to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast, Davey. And now, for, and now for something completely different. Yes. <laughs> I, think I, just, I think I just kicked him out. No, nope, uh -oh. he's here. No, he's coming. There he is. <laughs> How are oh you? Oh my gosh, what are you doing with the shirt on? I know. I'm, I know, you guys don't recognize me, huh? I, I didn't, you're right. <laughs> for anybody that doesn't recognize this gentleman, it is Davey Wavy, a gay guru and digital storyteller who has reached more than 400 bazillion people around the world with his unique <laughs> perspectives on life. With humor and candor and curiosity, Davey empowers his followers by creating shareable videos and media that people remember. And he's from Rhode Island. Did you write that yourself, John? No, I think Davey wrote it. <laughs> from Rhode Island, who knew? Davey, how did you get out to Palm Springs? Yeah. Well, I lived in LA for a few years and I never really quite fit in. And I figured as a gay man, I'm going to end up in Palm Springs eventually anyway. <laughs> so I might as well get a head start on it. And, uh, and so I did. And I started coming out here on vacations and just fell in love with it. Well, fell in love with the community. Uh, I remember we kind of got to know you when uh, I, I was a volunteer coordinator at the Gay and Lesbian Center, and you did the video on aging and gays. And that was amazing. And you connected with our set of volunteers who are amazing people, and they showed you exactly how cool they are. 
Well, it's funny because as someone who creates video content for the internet, I'm, I'm, I'm 36 years old. So in that category, I'm one of the like grandfathers. I'm one of the oldest people in the room. And then in Palm Springs, I'm always one of the, the youngest people. And so I kind of bridge this world. And I think um, something that's really interesting and fun is taking the wisdom that that older generation has accumulated and packaging it for in a way that, that the younger generation can consume it so that they're not starting at, you know, step number one and, and trying to reinvent the wheel. So that's what that video was about. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. You did we it well. Connect, we need to connect you with David Gray, who's doing a great project yeah. on, uh, on the history of LGBTQ in Palm Springs. So maybe we can get you to do a little volunteer work yeah. for that. I would love that. I would love uh, that. Too. You know, one you of may, the reasons- You may see having... him that Ralph's um, wearing a kilt. Yeah. Um, he was- <laughs> That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> he had a kilt and a mask. Yeah, it doesn't narrow it down at all. That's <laughs> yeah, true. In this you're time, right. you're right. Yeah. So what have you been up to uh, during, the, uh, during the lockdown period? Well, since my work is really all digital, uh, my daily life hasn't changed that dramatically. I mean, I work from home anyway. Obviously, you know, not visiting with friends and not going to the gym. Um, but uh, a lot of, you know, most of my work now is at on himeros.tv, which is an erotic website. And I think since people are kind of hunkering down, the desire to consume that kind of content oh, has, yeah. has uh, increased uh, as people try to find ways to spend their time. So I've been just as busy as I've been uh, before. And, and, you know, Palm Springs, of course, you know, with the exception of the last few days, um, we have such great weather. It's not a horrible place to be stuck. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice window to look out of. Now, um, you're Himeros.tv uh, or no, is it Himeros? Himeros, yeah, Himeros.tv. Himeros.tv. Yeah. And um, that's where you can hunker. <laughs> so to speak, yeah. Well, I launched it, I launched it in 2017. Mm -hmm. And uh, the idea was that as gay men, well, first of all, no one has good sex education in, in this country, regardless of your sexual orientation. But of course, that's especially true for LGBT people. And uh, as a gay guy, I looked to the internet to learn about sex. And what I found was, you know, SeanCody.com. And, and what I discovered wasn't exactly content that taught you about pleasure or connection or intimacy. Uh, and so, you know, in that vacuum of, of knowledge that's not being shared, I think a lot of people are filling it with porn. So the idea was to create an erotic website where the videos are really hot and fun to watch, but that it would also teach you, uh, you know, you'd finish watching a video and be like, oh, that was really exciting. But also I learned a thing or two. Uh, and so we partner with sex educators and tantric instructors and sexologists, some right uh, here in Palm Springs. And uh, we make videos that that accomplish that. So that's been that's been really fun. And I, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, two reasons. One is we just started partnering with you on Gay Does Your Guide, so we're starting to promote what you're doing. But I, I really thought, you know, I've I've watched. I, I'm not a subscriber yet. I will be. Um, but I, I've looked at some of the work that you've done, and I've been following you, obviously, for years on social media. And I really think you've hit on something. And in, in, in 
we were just talking with Dr. Rush about the fact that people are feeling very isolated these days. And, you know, if you just are looking at a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am video on Pornhub, there's no connection, there's no intimacy or whatever. And I know that's, you've taken a completely different turn with this site. Um, and uh, and, and I, I think there's something to that in what's happening today. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot there. I mean, um, one of the things that, that we do in our content is we often, you know, partner with porn stars that people know and love and follow, but we also work with models who look like, you know, everyday people, like everyone else. Not everyone is 25 years old with an eight pack. And, you know, it, I think when people log onto a website, uh, they also enjoy seeing reflections of themselves, people that, that look like them. Uh, and when we survey our audience, uh, we found that 48% of our respondents uh, wanted to see content featuring men over the age of 50. Mm -hmm. And that may be that our audience is just particularly evolved, or it may be that there's a hugely underserved market in erotic content. Um, so uh, we try to kind of show people all along the, the spectrum of age, body types, uh, backgrounds, ethnicities, to really reflect how diverse our community is. Um, and then the other side of that is, is not just showing people that look like themselves, but, but to show people what it really looks like to connect. And the way that erotic content is traditionally filmed, uh, it's, I mean, oftentimes just featuring, you know, two straight guys bumping their bodies together, it's not going to accomplish that. So we do retreats and we work with each model and uh, it, it takes more work and more effort. But I think the product that we get as a result is, uh, is a lot better and it and it helps um, I think gay men see another side of sexuality that's not that's not being featured in mainstream porn. So right now you obviously are not filming you're not doing anything did you have some things on the docket that you were planning to do that got postponed or canceled? Well we filmed the project right before all this happened and we have another project planned in May uh, mid-May which we're kind of waiting another week or two to see if that's going to be feasible and kind of got my fingers crossed but we've also been adapting and I think you know like if anyone knows how to like experience pleasure and connection and adapt in the midst of a of a health crisis it's gay men That's right. and so we've been using things like zoom to uh, facilitate videos between models we just did one the other day which was it was set up kind of like a business call that starts to get that right. starts to get like a little bit raunchy, and it, you know, it's not the high production value that most people um, get on our site, but it's you know, sex adapts, and well, it's time sensitive and it's relevant. And don't you find it's hard to watch television where people are close to each other? <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, what the fuck are you doing sitting at the same table? <laughs> don't think people still, even in this situation, guys are freaking out. I can't tell you how many posts I'm seeing about how the fuck am I supposed to fuck if I can't fuck. So seeing people make hot situations out of what is real now has got to be really relevant. I'm also really glad that we can say fuck on this podcast because I, well, I was really trying to dance around it. So thank yeah. you for, for breaking the fuck ice. Um, <laughs> Always. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I think there are some really creative opportunities. Like for example, my backyard, uh, I have a bunch of really big glass windows and, you know, I'm sitting at home and I'm horny on grinder, and, you know, I can't do anything, but I 
could invite a guy to come over and jerk off outside my window. Totally. And like, it would totally still be really hot. And um, so there's things like that, you know, uh, where I think there's some opportunities to create content in a way that's- Well, then film it. Well, that's, yeah, that's the idea. That's the oh. idea. In a way that's safe and, and, and um, you know, adheres to CDC guidelines. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, and- I, live, I live on a very busy street. So uh, that one probably wouldn't work for me on arenas, but. Well, you could use FaceTime and you certainly can watch porn. Yes. And you go to do that at, well, you're not porn. You're a, kind of a, a different, a different animal. You know, it, my mom, my mom is from Rhode Island and she's very old school and she, she would be the first to tell you that she would say it's porn. It's porn. Oh my God. But, it's porn. It's porn. But for me, the intention is porn and porn is you'd watch it to get off. And right. while you can still do that with this, it's, it's about getting kind of in touch with pleasure, intimacy and connection. So it's so like porn, is, but better. Could you film slash live direct, you know, what is it? Who is it that does hump fest? Is it Savage? It's Dan not, Savage. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Dan Savage. So maybe like live directing from your house, couples who are at home, <laughs> and suggesting and helping them navigate a scene worth filming, which you are also recording, right? They love to get bossed around. They would love, like, the <laughs> idea of being directed by Davey Wavy for a live porn situation sounds like a marketable idea to me. Well, we're gonna do that on Easter Sunday. We found our first couple, and oh, wow. uh, and we're gonna and we're gonna film that. And usually, I don't actually direct the videos because um, all. My job is just to kind of get all the right people in the right place. Um, but this one, because we obviously can't have a crew, yeah, I'm going to be directing it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, totally. Well, we want to thank you for uh, joining us and uh, giving us a, an outlet for some of our erotic uh, endeavors online at uh, himeros.tv. Awesome. Uh, that's that's the spelling on that just so people know h-i-m-e-r-o-s dot tv um davy is there any kind of a, a a code that we can use um maybe you and i could maybe we could get that and put it up afterwards some kind of a code for the site yeah yeah we can give you guys a special link totally <laughs> okay we'll I wait for the link no, no i mean for the people that are watching this so they have a chance to get in um so we'll, we'll talk about that awesome yeah i love that always working <laughs> oh, and by the way, on Sunday, we're going to be doing something. Are we not, Chan? Are we still doing I don't that? know. Are we? I was trying yes. to have an Easter bonnet and mask pageant of some kind. Yeah, I've got, I've got, a, I've got one of the dispensaries that's willing to uh, give us some free, uh, some free hooch. We're going to do delivery and pot as a prize, and I think it's a great idea. In these we're crazy times, you do what you can, time, you know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then we'll be watching for your video. That's going to be even more fun later, yes. in, later in the day. Big Easter plans. Easter right. eggs with Dave Wavy. He'll be the second coming. <laughs> and with that, we thank you again, Davey, for being on. Thanks, guys. Thank Take care. Bye. Bye. And that smiling face that you see in the lower right-hand corner joining us here on the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast is... From the Desert Business Association, Dave Powell. Hey, Dave, how are you? Hello, hello, everybody. Hi, look at all these people I know. This is great. It's nice seeing your face. Likewise, likewise. I've been missing you. I've been missing everybody. Yeah, so. Yeah. 
but you've been in contact with your business association uh, clients and I'm working. I'm trying to, I've been trying to, I've been trying to reach out to talk about all of the, all of the, the impacts that are going on with them, trying to understand what our, um, our members are going through, uh, uh, trying to find ways that we can find assistance for them with whether it be a, a, a business loan or payroll protection loan or just even a general loan for them to bridge, help to bridge over this period of time because we're going to come out of this and then we're going to go right into summer. So yeah. Dave, I'm going to give you just some kudos because I know you've literally been on every Zoom meeting known to man, woman, and child in the last week or two. Um, everything from the Main Street meeting, which you and I were on uh, Tuesday with the Main Street merchants, uh, the various town halls that our city is doing and county calls and everything else. So, um, you know, not only the Desert Business Association, but I think you're going to bring that perspective today of everything that's happening in our in our business community. So I just A, wanted to thank you for doing all of that work and sitting in on all those calls. And then uh, I'd like to hear uh, just kind of a, a quick status update of, of what's happening. Well, in general, here's, in general, here's your award, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, God, hold on. Let me grab. Thank you, John. Wow. I'll put it somewhere. Um, so in my office, uh, it's uh, there's been so much going on and so much that changes every day and definitely every week. And I know um, all of you are following it. I know Jimmy's definitely following it uh, with uh, Coachella Valley Independent. Um, but the the both the details and the amounts and the uh, who to talk to keeps changing. And that's the biggest challenge, I think. Um, there's a few things that are going on. And, and I'll just tell you, we have a site on the Desert Business uh, Association website. It's called Emergency Resources. So if you go to desertbusiness.org and there is across the top there, oh, it's not up uh, somewhere. Yeah, it's called Emergency Resources across the top banner. And what we try to do is update links. I don't like sending out forms. I don't like sending out flyers because those things change so much. But if I send a link, I could update the link and everyone has the most current information when they click on it. So the most important things that are going on right now are um, the economic in injury disaster loan that the SBA is doing. And that gets a whole bunch of uh, opportunity for businesses to get money to help support their, uh, their operations. The payroll protection program that helps them to pay their employees, particularly those employees um, who even may have been furloughed, they can bring them back. Um, not all of these are easy to use and they keep saying it's two or three days you'll get the money. Doesn't always yeah. happen. And you, you have to imagine too that these, these organizations, these, these uh, government organizations are getting inundated with these. So imagine if we were on that other side. So we say, yeah, three days and if we can do it in a week, that'd be great. Um, there's other opportunity for small business loans through another group called uh, CDC Small Business Finance. Um, and all of these, all, there's also finally the Riverside County Economic Development Department has other resources that they're going through and they're looking at working with cities um, and counties and gov other government agencies to find funding to bridge our, our businesses through these periods of time. And then obviously the last uh, is... Uh, unemployment that the state of California is working on uh, through the EDD Economic Development Department and they are really trying even for people uh, who are 1099 employees uh, they can qualify for it now 
uh, didn't used to be the case. So they're allowing that. They're allowing uh, workers that went from full-time to part-time to help to bridge that part of the gap. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there. So uh, search for them. Uh, look at the Desert Business Association uh, website, desertbusiness.org, or even just reach out to me. So two things I heard reporting-wise, in fact, one just came up, is um, IRS budget cuts and staffing challenges create coronavirus payment headaches. This is an NPR report. And of course, thanks to our friends at the Bush administration, um, the budget over the past 10 years, well, that actually goes back to um, uh, Bush and then also to, to um, uh, the guy who's currently in office, um, the reduction at the IRS has been about 20%. So the IRS is unfortunately understaffed and overworked right now. Um, so we're going to have issues there, um, I think, for the, you know, for the foreseeable future. They're saying some of these checks may not come until August, the $1,200 checks. Right. And, and it's sad to see that that's happening, but it's kind of understandable. Um, in, in some ways, it's understandable. Couple, a couple things, too, that I didn't talk about was um, the way that you're applying for these things is through websites. So you're applying either through the SBA website. And we also have the Small Business Development Center. There is a link called Coachella Valley SBDC.com. Um, and they are helping people fill out these applications. But there's local banks, um, including some right that we all know and that we all deal with. I try not to push one over another. Um, and, but there's a list on there that will help you do the payroll protection program because that's where you're getting the money is locally. Um, I do know there's one um, one of our members, uh, Towny Bagels, that just got approved for the the, the PPP. Um, so they're excited about that. They've been, as we know, uh, still open and still providing uh, uh, food. Um, but they just got approved yesterday, I believe, and it was through a local bank. So there's opportunities out there and there's ways to do it. It just takes a little time and probably a lot more patience than than we'd want. You know, there was, a, there was an ad, uh, a want ad, for uh, people that know the 50-year-old programming language for computers yes. called COBOL, because so many of these uh, systems in states that uh, do the unemployment are overwhelmed and the systems and the mainframes are so old yeah. that they need people that know this ancient uh, programming ancient language. Code, yes. yeah. um, That's one of the good things that'll probably come of this is a lot of things will get updated. We will find new ways to do a lot of things that were kind of a pain in the ass before. I'm trying to look at the silver lining. I also am upset that somebody has brought up bagels again. Again, with the bagels. Again with the bagels. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can get you a bagel delivery. Dave, I was going to say, um, I know you didn't want to talk about specific banks, but I do know U.S. Bank and Pacific Premier are kind of are two banks. I bank. I happen to do my banking at Bank of America, a large corporate bank. Um, yesterday, weirdly enough, I had to actually go in. I couldn't schedule a phone appointment, but I could go into the local bank branch and sit across from the table with our masks on. And uh, it's it's really weird because all she did is hand me a one sheet that had the URL to apply for the loan, but it wasn't even on the Bank of America's website. So she said, oh yeah, this just came out a couple days ago, because obviously Friday was the first thing. But I thought, how odd that a big bank is making you schedule an in-person appointment, handing you a piece of paper, yeah. and then you go to that website, and the application process you know, is the same one that pretty much I'd already filled out elsewhere. 
but now you have to go through a bank in order to do that. So if you're a small business, um, just know that you have to have a lot of patience through this. I, you know, I was very, you know, it was nice to her and, and, and it's not that big of a deal. It's just showing you that everything's in turmoil. We all have to have a lot of patience and we all just have to get through this and, uh, and, and, and persevere. And thanks, Brad. And, and thanks, Dave, for your perspective on this. I think it's important to realize this bill that was passed is not even three weeks old yet, I don't think. Yeah. And so many places, so many businesses are suffering or applying for this. And things change. I know um, one of the uh, newspapers, I'm, I'm a part of several newspaper groups, and one of the newspapers, actually it's a website, in the local independent online news publishers, filled out all their paperwork on the Thursday night before the applications opened for the PPP, submitted it, and then got a note from the bank saying, oh, wait, you need to resubmit it because everything's changed. Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare, and it's frustrating because we're talking about our employees, we're talking about our businesses, but you just got to be patient and realize that, for the most part, people are doing the best they can. And by the way, let's give kudos out to Jimmy, who got a grant from Facebook yes. uh, for his business. Was that specifically journalism? That was any small business, right? Was, was <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Facebook uh, did a round. Originally, it was going to be 200, and the demand was so severe, they... Um, they upped it to 400 uh, grants of $5,000 to news organizations, mostly small and independent in North America. And we were fortunately one of the 400 we learned two days ago that has received that grant. So, you know, $5,000 is going to help. It's going to mean that I don't have to lay off anyone. I don't have to cut any freelancers for now. And um, I'm very honored to have received that. But there you go. Also, Here's your award. Thank you. <laughs> Dave and I will split it. Um, How many of those do you got, John? <laughs> This was given to me by Shan at her Academy Awards at the Mary Pickford yes. uh, uh, party. So I did not earn it. Hands. Oh, it's no. an honorary Oscar. But it was it was it was honor and it was a very good thing to get that, but it's also a very small portion of the the revenue that any small business would need to get through this time, which is yeah. kind of be a while because it's not like you know the economy is gonna get turned back on overnight. It's gonna be a very gradual reopening of things, and when we, everything is reopened it's still not going to be the same because this is going to be such a hole that is being dug into our economy worldwide because of this. It's, it's, yeah. it's going to be a, it's going to be a process. Yeah. And, we're, and we, we just, we just, we just hurting in this Valley, just especially because not only did we have so many of our events that, that got canceled, yeah. our businesses are, 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 we're feeling the pain before we are going to, you know, come out of this, so to speak, you know, sooner rather than later, hopefully. And then we go into our normally slow summer. So I know that the city and the valley, um, as, as you mentioned, I'm on a ton of calls and I'm with a ton of chambers and the, the uh, economic development groups. And um, they're going to try and do something for the summer to see what we can do to bring people back in here. Um, I know the hospitality industry is. Everyone wants to look at that for the for the the better good. And luckily, we're seeing, and Shan would know this too, that uh, there's been some lightening of some restrictions on real estate um, to allow people to some agents to still show some homes, both uh, virtually and. One-on-one um, -on -one when there's nobody in the house. So we're seeing that a lot better because some of our, there's mortgage rates are good and uh, we're seeing a lot more refinances. Um, as you know, my partner does that and he's just been busy, busy, busy doing those kinds of things, which is great. There's a lot of opportunities out there and um, hopefully we'll come back from this a little 
um, maybe not quite as strong right away, but hopefully stronger in the long run, but smarter for sure. I will say that on the real estate front, uh, although some of it is loosening up just a tiny bit, you still basically can't show something unless it's been empty for a period of days or whatever. But they're right out of the gate. They came out with a form of coronavirus addendum to cancel an escrow that is otherwise fine. Um, and that has hit us a little harder than some other areas because a lot of what's being bought here is an investment property um, or a vacation property. And people are trying to make a more careful decision um, about that. So I lost escrows on the last day of escrow um, with that addendum. And there doesn't have to be anything but fear. And I can't even, I can't even begrudge her fear. She was buying a rental property for near Coachella. Um, why would you spend an extra couple hundred thousand dollars if you don't know if you can ever rent it? So it's going to be volatile for a while. Right. Yep. Right. Dave, thanks Dave. for all the all the good work that you do, and it's great to see your smiling face. And people are going to see you on a few Zoom calls, I'm sure, right after this. I hope so. And you know, if, you, if there's anything, you know, look for us. Go to desertbusiness.org. Follow us on Facebook at Desert Business Association. And if anyone has any questions, just pick up the phone and call me. The number's all over the place, and it comes right to myself. All right, Thanks, Dave, Dave Powell from your Desert Business Association. Thank you, Dave. Thank you so much. Thanks, Have Dave. A great it's good day. to see you. Bye. Likewise. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> that moment when they don't know how to leave or what's going to happen. It's hard to find that button. Well, and every video ends like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two last things. I wanted to start something called a takeout shout out. And I'd like each of you to uh, tell us uh, maybe a, a takeout place that we may or may not know about. Um, and just think about, uh, you know, giving a little shout out to some, uh, someone, one of our restaurants that are out there that maybe we've uh, ordered from or will be ordering from. Uh, Jimmy, you want to go first today? Yeah, actually, I've got two. And I should disclose, first of all, that these are uh, two clients of the independent. Okay. So, um, but I want to disclose that. But they're places that I love and would be going to anyway. The first place is Shabu Shabu Zen. We've gotten takeout there a couple times. We actually um, got there. There's two There's two of us, and we got a family pack for five last night. Uh, <laughs> we didn't eat it all, fortunately. But they've actually got this amazing deal where you can get a tray of like 10 chilarienos or enchiladas, rice, beans, chips, guacamole for $39.99 and it was fast it was amazing it was comfort food and the other place is a little under the radar on a lot of people at Shabu Shabu Zen and Rancho Mirage um, and this is normally a place where you go in and they give you a hot pot and they give you meat and vegetables and you dip it but they've actually revamped and done this amazing takeout menu um, I believe it was last weekend we got their um, I don't know the the name for the Japanese name for it but their shrimp pancake and it was Mm. amazing so shabu shabu zen is a place i highly recommend and miho the owner is amazing and you know they deserve your support and the food's delicious and you will not regret it i promise i have one bill's pizza bill's <laughs> has kept me through kept me going oh my god elton john uh meat lovers yes bill's pizza has been my takeout uh, of choice you're going to kill me. You're going to have to give me one because I have had no food not cooked by me in three weeks. So I love On the Mark and I understand they're still doing stuff. So I've got they it on my side eye. Like when I'm yeah. ready, uh, yep. that's where I hope to go. Right. I know you're also a fan of Chef Tanya's as well. I love Chef Tanya. Yes, I yeah. love Chef Tanya. 
And uh, I'm announcing and uh, one of actually one of our uh, clients as well, because mo many of most of them are between Jimmy and I, but um, Il Giardino is uh, oh, yes. the Italian restaurant right downtown. Um, Chef Teresa uh, got bored and she's like, I'm opening up and they're doing a, a special lamb Easter Sunday dinner. But I think tonight, Thursday will be their first night reopening 4.30 to 7.30 or 4 to 7 something like that. Um, so that's, that's the one I'd give a shout out. So we'll do that every week. Let's, uh, I, I kind of sprung that on everybody today, but I want to do a, a takeout shout out each week and, uh, and help support some of our local businesses. And finally, um, Shan, I know we've got a little something we're going to look at doing on Sunday. Yeah, I think for Easter Sunday, we want to do an Easter bonnet and mask or mask one or the other um, contest. I don't know, we were thinking about brunch time. So maybe new, we got couple little prizes, a little takeout, a little delivery. Um, and so just short and sweet, maybe 30 minutes. I, we really haven't talked it over probably on the I Love Gay Palm Springs page. People can post their pictures of themselves on a contest thread and whoever gets the most likes. Maybe just keep it simple. Like yeah. The, post That's a picture, fun. get the most likes, win a prize. We'll have fun with it. What do you yeah. call those, what do you call those little hats that Fascinator. Fascinator. So you can actually, like, couldn't you clamp a fascinator over your face? I ha I made a fascinator. I'm going to go dig it out and see how it looks across. I've never heard of a fascinator. Neither have I. Yeah, it's those little hats the British ladies wear to, like, you know, Derby Day and, you know, to royal events and things. It's not the nurse's hat. No. No, but it's like a headband or a clip, and then it has some, I think, the royal wedding, the first royal wedding back you know, whatever, everybody had a tragic fascinator. And then, of course, I had to go home and make one, too. But well, um, a couple other things just quickly. We've been surviving earthquakes over the last week. Crazy. I have missed everyone. It's not like, am I just too chunky? Am I too anchored <laughs> to the, I don't know what it is. But well, I mean, what it's about not the chunky part. I'm as chunky as you are, and I've been feeling them. Trust me. Doesn't so. Beckham's, doesn't your dog? Um, no, doesn't. No. The, the four point nine was that was one of those. Oh, we're having an earthquake. Oh, we're having an earthquake. Oh, we're having an earthquake. I mean, it was the three, the three stages of panic. We were we were on a Zoom. Jimmy and I were on a yep. Zoom happy hour, and it hit people a little bit at different times. Did you yep. notice that? Some of yep. us were getting it, and then somebody's like, "Oh yeah." So we had Rancho Mirage. We had Palm Springs. And we all got it at different points. And, and what's funny is that we felt it really strong in our apartment. We've got a second-story apartment. Our friend Brian, who lives in the same apartment complex, who's got a first-story apartment, didn't feel it. He's like, what are you guys talking about? Now, granted, he was up and cooking while I was on the floor um, chugging a Manhattan, maybe. Um, <laughs> and I, I certainly felt it. And Garrett, Garrett actually went and stood in the, the, you know, the doorway and... It was, you know, I was, I think we were all a little surprised that it was only a 4.9. But yeah, I, it was interesting. That feeling of being left out. Right? I know. <laughs> feeling I didn't hurt. feel it. Sorry, <laughs> I know, Shane. I didn't feel it. Also wanted to address uh, just quickly that uh, locally, David Brinkman announced that he yes. tested positive and he's come through it. And so just to let people and this know. this is the that, CEO of the Desert AIDS Project. Yes. Yes, and Desert AIDS Project continues to have their drive-through and some triage and all that kind of stuff, drive-through testing for COVID-19. So they have Thank repurposed you. a lot of their energy behind that. And um, and then actually there is a story in the Desert Sun 
uh, Daniel Villancourt, who we interviewed last week, interviewed David Brinkman this morning's in this morning's article. So keep an eye out for that as well. What else? I am struggling to watch the late night comedians. I'm doing it out of solidarity, but dude, it's hard to watch them tell jokes with no laughter. Exactly. Even if I'm like. <laughs> laughing in my bed, you know, along with them. Like, so do we bring back the laugh track? It, it helps. Yes. I notice in, a, in an audience, 50 is like the magic number because it's enough that you can laugh but not hear yourself laughing. But there's something, there's a communal element that worries me that comedy will never quite be the same until we can share a room. I'm curious, Shanna, in your com comedic that was a, not a word, um, a take on this. The one comic that I think's pulled it off because it works with his style is Conan O'Brien. Because he, he tells these jokes and then just stands there because he's, he's kind of got a self-effacing, yeah. you know, these jokes are going to bomb style anyway. And I agree with you. You know, I, I love Stephen Colbert and it's been awkward to watch. Jimmy Fallon, not as much of a fan, awkward to watch all the time in my opinion. Right. But Conan has pulled it off. So if you haven't checked out Conan on TV, I haven't because try his show because been... it's so weird and so dry yeah. it actually yeah. works. Yeah. He doesn't you know appeal to me in the first place because it seems like he's always not getting a laugh for his joke. So <laughs> but I may, guess maybe, maybe it's a Yeah, maybe that's yeah. why it's not seemed so different to him. But Colbert is getting more comfortable and the other thing is, um, uh, oh my God, The Daily Show with no Trevor Noah. Trevor oh. Noah, thank you very much. Um, also very much altered. Comedians, we are typically very serious people. So you'll, uh, don't you think that all of their shows, they're scared to be funny about it a little bit and they know that it is a light and a gift that you can offer when, when it lands properly but the ability for that to happen is volatile and dangerous. And, you know, you're going to have to start a whole new show called Too Soon, you know. Yeah, right, right. Well, uh, we are we're actually running out of uh, uh, attention span from our, <laughs> our audience. And uh, we have to thank Dr. Laura Rush for coming on again week after week on the I Love Day Palm Springs podcast and answering questions and just making it, making it better all around. Yeah. Uh, also, Davey Wavy was on, and uh, his uh, website is humeros.tv, and you can check that out. Of course, uh, we want to thank Jimmy Bogle from the Coachella Valley Independent with great curation of all of these uh, news uh, stories from actual uh, journalists that have been yes. checked, and you can get his newsletter by going to cvindependent.com and Thank sign you. up for that. And as always, our Gay Desert Guide says so right there on his beautiful embroidered patch, Brad Fur, and of course- and backwards in the camera, it's tough. No, no it's no, normal. No, You're normal. Dave, Dave Powell we had from the it's, Desert Business. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> Soon I forget. <laughs> I think it's time for some more coffee, and we want to I thank agree. you for yeah. for joining us here. I'm empty. It's time to go. Me too. Oh, yeah. Me right. too. Me too. We're going to fill our cups, and we'll uh, be in touch. Look for the Easter contest on our I Love Gay Palm Springs Facebook page. We'll give you info on how you can put on a bonnet or a mask or something and maybe win a cool prize. Thanks for listening to the I Love Gay Palm Springs podcast. Like us on Facebook at I Love Gay Palm Springs and on the homepage of GayDesertGuide.com. <laughs>